What is up, Bitcoiners? I just got off with Alex Svetsky and we had an amazing conversation talking about his recent piece on Bitcoin Magazine, The Intelligent Person's Guide to Bitcoin. This amazing piece ducks, or talks about all of the aspects of Bitcoin and why Bitcoin intelligently solves real problems in the world. We talk about a ton of stuff on this conversation. We go on little tangents after each section. I give my two cents a lot in this conversation. I think it was a really fun one. I think you guys are going to really like it. So without further ado, let's just jump into this conversation with the CEO of the Amber app, Alex Svetsky. Bitcoiners, I am sitting across from uh, a very good friend of mine at this point, someone I met over in Riga back in 2019, and uh, we've done several interviews, and now uh, this person is contributing to Bitcoin Magazine, some really amazing stuff. Alex Svetsky, uh, CEO of Amber. Uh, what What's your, uh, your your journal called? Bitcoin, uh, is it Jeez, I should know this. Um, the Bitcoin Journal, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Times. Times. Jesus, uh, <laughs> I have, you gave me the original copy, man. And I yeah, mean, man, you've just been pumping out amazing stuff on the Bitcoin Times on your Medium page now on Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, you've been traveling the globe as well and heading up a uh, a company kind of from abroad. So uh, I feel like you know you're just the the 21st century version of a sovereign individual these days. But welcome to the show. Jeez, thank you, bro. Um, yes, uh, I am. I am trying to play out my version of the sovereign individual. It's um, it's I don't know. It's it's a trip, man. Just seeing how crazy things are getting. Um, and you know me, like I, I have a problem with conformity. I have a problem with uh, you know what I would call fiat authority. Like I, I don't have any problems with emergent authority you know the idea that someone earns uh the right to tell you what to do like you know a a master builder for example uh, has every right to tell the apprentice what to do but you know the master builder has earned it over 10 20 50 100,000 hours worth of you know mastering their craft but you know the, the world we live chef. in today you know uh, in the what? kitchen is a, the, like a chef in a sous chef like a kitchen is That's a brutal it. environment it's not okay. like a chef is very nice to any of the chefs working under them. But he earned that, right? And he had to go through the shit himself. Like today, we have clowns, like absolute fucking clowns calling the shots. And honestly, everything's upside down, dude. Everything is upside down. I can't I can't fucking can't get my head around it. As much as as much as it's um it's like the it's the only logical outcome of a system that is so detached from reality like you know so 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 in many ways it's if we kind of take a step back we, we would actually imagine this is probably what would happen you know if you detach yourself from reality uh monetarily and economically speaking um but it's just weird to be living in that time so i don't know well i think there's like a, a few different ways where we can take this conversation but I do want to touch on, so, you know, last time I saw you in person was in Miami. Uh, you were part of several mm -hmm. kind of talks there, um, as well as, you know, just enjoying the conference and hanging out with all the Bitcoiners. There's a lot of festivities. Uh, since then, you've kind of did a little bit of traveling. You uh, did your pilgrimage to El Salvador. Um, <laughs> you're now back in Miami. Um, I guess what's, uh, you know, 
what's kind of uh, happening in Svetsky's life? Well, look, I think me, me, Valis, and uh, Francis got together, did a podcast while we were in um, in Costa Rica together, um, and we actually we spent like half an hour dissecting the whole what it was like being in Miami and then you know leaving Miami and just the feeling of uh, I guess community that everyone had and you know like we 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 genuinely i think one of the things that was interesting about miami is that people have been sort of forcefully split apart and isolated for what 12 16 18 months now you know it's it's been a while and and we kind of had this strange scenario where we were disconnected but connected online and then when we all saw each other i, I remember going to beefsteak actually and it, it honestly felt like a live twitter feed because i'm like oh uh, fucking steven oh ck oh brandon oh breedlove oh john oh this like it was just a literal a fucking live twitter feed of like my favorite bitcoin is all in one place and um beefsteak was, beef was really special it really was for, for me it was one of the absolute highlights of the event and and it was also just the, the timing was perfect as well because it was around the time when everyone just first got there. So I don't know, man, we, we all connected and I think it, well, I hope it reminded everyone of, you know, the, the, the fundamental importance of human connection along shared values. Like that, that, that's what humans do. We, we, we coalesce around groups. Like we're fundamentally tribal in nature you know, I think it's a somewhat unpopular opinion. You know, everyone runs around and talks about like unity and oneness and we're all the same. I fucking hate that. You know, we're all different as individuals and we all coalesce around tribes and groups that are different. And there's something special about particularly like the beef state group was an example. Like even even at the Bitcoin conference, what did we have? Like 12, 15,000 people rock up. There is no way in hell I would hang out on a regular basis with 95% of those people. But, you know, with 5%, I would definitely hang out with. And, man, it was just, you know, being in that environment and then, you know, leaving that environment, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting kind of, I don't know, it's, it, I, I'm because I've been traveling for so long, I'm a little bit desensitized to, uh, to sort of withdrawals. I don't, I don't feel that as much, but I've been getting so many people reaching out to me saying, you know, Miami was the fucking highlight of the year. Now I'm back home and I'm stuck or I'm locked down or I'm this or I'm that. It's like, it's sort of, it was almost like, you know, people got an opportunity to go out in the yard and now they're back in solitary confinement. So it's just, it's just strange. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what uh, else to say. No, it's weird. Like, and some people just don't have the privilege. One of the best things about the U.S. is that there are states that kind of have sovereignty and can mm -hmm. offer citizens the ability to, you know, take their remote job, take their bank account, take their most mobile assets, and then move within a jurisdiction they are allowed to move around in. And that puts pressure, right? That's why you're seeing in the U.S., like, we're a little bit more open uh, even in the blue states than in you know places like Australia or Canada, um, which, which is just crazy to kind of see that that breakdown kind of occur. Um, but, you know, with that being said, you know, 
of all the people in the US, I feel like I'm in the top one percentile of people who moved around. Like I did not let this pandemic lock me down. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, we we moved to different places. We got out of a bad rent. We got good. We got a good lease after the fact. Bought the bottom. Like you know, I feel like I was in position to not be scared to take advantage of the situation and continue living my life. And that's not 99% of people. And thankfully, I have Bitcoin and the Bitcoin community to help me, right, to kind of put me in position to take advantage of all this stuff that's been happening. But, you know, even amongst Bitcoiners, a lot of them are just in a bad jurisdiction. They're in Quebec. They, they yeah. didn't have the mobility, you know, their family, kids, whatever, to leave. And, you know, whatever, whatever rules are tossed down on them, they're stuck. And maybe they're stuck in their room. Maybe they're in the UK. So it's a it's a tough situation. And yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, Bitcoin 2021, and even if you could move around, it's definitely a highlight just because it's so it was such an epic come together thing. And I'm excited for all the other conferences because there's a lot more conferences that are just happening again. And uh, I love I love congregating with that 5%, the hardcore Bitcoiners. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you touch on an interesting point there, like the, the idea of mobility. And I guess, you know, you're an example of someone who, you know, someone might call lucky, but I would say, you know, the old adage of uh, of luck is merely, you know, preparation. And, you know, in, in many ways, Bitcoin is, whilst we, you know, viewed by some as like crazy preppers, like to, to a high degree, like we were, we were already, I guess, had a feeling this shit was coming, right? Like having read things like Sovereign Individual, having understood the Bitcoin thesis properly is, even if none of us anticipated how quickly things would spiral out of control, because even I didn't like, I mean, I wrote that whole uh, rise of the individual fall of the state in 2019. Um, I had still no concept of how quickly things would unravel until at least like March, April, where I saw the fact that centrally mandated lockdowns were being discussed as a thing. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is going to end really badly. Um, And then obviously it did um but yeah that, that that preparation i think is is really important and, and and the ability to have mobility i think is predicated on mobility you know, being, is the key that's what bitcoin mobility, gives you is yeah, you can exactly. take your value and be mobile with it that's the whole thing exactly exactly and and, and that's what i think most people are underestimating is you know the old world was very much uh, rooted in a single place and right now i mean in a trans like we, we will come back to that that there will come a place a time again in the next decade or two whenever it's going to be where having roots is going to be the advantage but right now we're in a transitory phase and by definition being transitory means the advantage lies in being mobile and there's nothing more mobile than bitcoin when it comes to you know mobile yeah private so property protection. I, I want, let's, let's hone in on like, you know, you're a Bitcoiner, you're a CEO, you're running an internet business, you're living the sovereign individual lifestyle. I want to talk about like post Bitcoin 2021, where did you go? What did it look like? I want to hear about El Salvador and your kind of just high level view. And then I want to dive into this article, Intelligent Person's Guide to Bitcoin. We, we only got about 30 more minutes here. So uh, let's make it happen. This is going to be a dense conversation. Cool. So let's, um, I mean, I went straight back to Costa Rica because I wasn't allowed to stay in the U.S. any longer uh, because of uh, essential travel problems. So whatever, um, I went back there, 
hung out there, hung out with Francis, with Alice, with a couple other Bitcoiners uh, in town. Um, spent probably almost the better part of a month uh, in Costa Rica, then went up to Salvador to check out what's going on on the ground there. Um, it's still very, very early days uh, in Salvador. I guess, you know, what, what, what has made an impact or, you know, Bitcoin has penetrated to some capacity, but it's still very early because I don't think people really understand money, first of all, um, you know, and then sort of the, the Bitcoin thesis comes later. So there was that. And then, yeah, uh, I'm back in Miami because we're raising some capital for Amber and we're going to be rolling out Amber here in the US. So that stuff is, uh, you know, as much as I could do it, from outside like you know the the physical interactions with people are going to be important so i'm going to be across miami austin i might pop into san diego might even come up san francisco way maybe um we'll see like and basically want to get things kind of light light the fire here for for amber so that's kind of the the movement and the motion and you know i'm able to do that because i run a bitcoin company yeah i mean again uh taking advantage of these little things is, helps people become sovereign individuals. And, you know, even like, I would love to pick your brain on like what it's been like trying to travel. Um, but definitely, you know, not for this conversation, um, okay. in El Salvador really quickly though, you know, you're saying very rudimentary levels of adoption right now. And, you know, even difficulties interrupting, um, across the beach, the Bitcoin beach wallet and like a standard lightning wallet and things like that. Um, you know, personally, you know, when they said, hey, we're going to roll this out in 90 days at Bitcoin 2021, I was like, oh, wow, that is uh, very, very uh, ambitious, ambitious. Um, and, you know, when you have ambitious goals and you don't quite meet the goals, then you get heat. But, um, you know, generally speaking, everything is good for Bitcoin. And even if El Salvador is a huge failure, I might, you know, set things back down there a little bit. But it's only a small testing ground too, small population. And, you know, if Bitcoin does work, it could help them a lot because their financial infrastructure is horrible and it's hurting them a lot. Um, so I think Bitcoin That's, is hope. For yeah. That. Well, yeah. That there's one thing I'll probably mention about that. That was sort of a couple of the highlights for me. That there was one is we found out that as a local, uh, it costs you fifty dollars a fucking month to have a bank account. Like I, that blew me away. Now I don't know how true that is. But we we heard it from a um, from a local business owner who was saying you know he has a lot of difficulties for his staff because they can't afford to have a bank account. Like I get pissed off in Australia for a five dollar account keeping fee on a monthly basis. Like fifty bucks for them is like thirty, forty, fifty percent of their monthly salary. Like it's fucking ridiculous. So 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 that you know there's there's a clear gap there. And then as well, there's this, um, I guess, ease of use in a sense, like, you know, lightning is fundamentally easier. Um, but I, I think that's a, that's a harder moat to jump because, you know, we're really going to have to teach people what, what is money and how to use these applications. So one thing that gave me hope in that dimension though was mark moss was one of the guys that was down there and he was uh deploying some of uh paul itoy's um stackworks phones and we got a couple kids set up on stackworks 
And they didn't need a bank account. They didn't need a tax file registration. They didn't need an employee agreement. They didn't need fucking any of the bullshit that is needed traditionally to get a job. They just sat down, started tapping a few buttons on a phone, and they earned some stats real time in front of us. So, so that's the kind of shit that I think is going to be like the fact that there's barriers to entering the financial system and there's means and ways to generate an income from out of Salvador digitally uh, in Bitcoin that doesn't require any of the traditional setup. That mixture there, I think, is what gives me hope for places like that. But the the products, you know, like, you know, traditional exchanges and things like that, they're not going to be what makes places like Salvador tick. All right, Bitcoiners, I want to tell you about our newest sponsor. This show is brought to you by Ledin.io. I have been super, super impressed with the guys over at Ledin. I've actually known the co-founders, Adam and Mauricio, for a very long time. I've had the pleasure to watch them build Ledin up from a tiny, tiny startup to now a super impressive institutional grade Bitcoin and crypto lender. Y'all, I'm so impressed with these guys. They are offering some of the best rates out there. I don't think anyone even comes close to touching them. You can get 6.1% APY on your first two Bitcoin that you deposit into Ledin interest accounts. And you can get 8.5% US, on USDC deposits. I mean, I know all the competitors. They're not even close. If you're going to put your crypto and your Bitcoin into an interest account, Ledin is by far the best. And on top of that, like I said, these guys are hardcore Bitcoiners and they know the products and the services that Bitcoiners want and appreciate. They come up with B2X. It allows you to put your Bitcoin in, they leverage it up, and you can, with one click of the mouse, get twice the exposure to Bitcoin. So if you're super bullish, Ledin has you covered with a super, super easy way to get leverage with B2X. And then on top of that, they know that Bitcoiners care about your reserves. They know that Bitcoiners don't like under-reserved and not full-reserved financial institutions. So they are pushing the frontier in transparency in the digital asset lending space. And they are the first digital asset lender to do a full proof of reserves and proof of attestation through a Mariano LLC, a public accounting firm. So the letting guys, they know what Bitcoin is like. They are legit. I encourage you guys to check them out. Do your own research and go to ledin.io. That is L-E-D-N.io and learn more. Bitcoiners, I want to tell you guys about The Deep Dive. The Deep Dive is a new premium newsletter from the Bitcoin Magazine team in conjunction with my man, BTCization, Dylan LeClaire. Dylan is such a multifaceted and wide-ranging analyst. He does everything from on-chain analytics to macro uh, analysis to uh, you know, hash rate and all that kind of good stuff. He does it all. He breaks down everything that's happening every single day with his daily dive. He's going to dive into what is happening in the market that day. So that way you don't have to pay attention to Twitter. You don't have to pay attention to anything else. You can just pay attention to the deep dive and he has you covered. And at the end of the week, guess what? You get a weekly recap. And at the end of the month, hey, we have a freaking report, a beautiful PDF breaking down all the activity of that entire month, what it means for Bitcoin, what you can expect moving forward. The Bitcoin market is going to moon. We are here to make sure that we maximize your stack. Go to members.bitcoinmagazine.com to sign up today. And if you use promo code BITS, you can get one month for free. So again, the deep dive, I've been checking it out every day and you should too.
back to the show. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? It's like earning Bitcoin is going to be the next level. Like where can Bitcoin make people's real value liquid um, where it wasn't liquid before and it wasn't (laughs) capable of being exchanged uh, and utilized? And I think that's like the next step. And it's going to be hard. And like you're saying, like, you know, your your article, Intelligence Person's Guide to Bitcoin, kind of talking about why Bitcoin makes sense. Um, you know, is going to help bring like the current cohort of people up to speed. On the flip side, we actually uh, also published an article from Captain Sid, a great contributor to Bitcoin Magazine called Stop Trying to Understand Bitcoin, where he's trying to argue to people like, hey, look, you don't have to understand every single thing about Bitcoin to own it and understand that Bitcoin has value. Um, and I feel like that that's the kind of argument you need to give to the to like maybe the majority of people that could allocate capital. But um, let's talk about your article because it was in direct response to uh, this dummies guide to crypto uh, that was published by as like a Cornell uh, professor or something like that, um, where he kind of just dunks on on Bitcoin and crypto and does a lot of generalizing and stuff like that. And he wanted to say like, hey, no, Bitcoin makes sense, and there are very intelligent reasons why and Bitcoin solves uh, problems in real ways. So I guess I'm going to hand it back to you, you know, let's yeah. dive into this. I, I mean, reading that little piece just gave me fucking brain damage. I don't understand how these people are, have any fucking authority to to educate somebody else. Like, they're, they're completely fucking blind. They haven't spent more than 15 minutes looking at Bitcoin, and they just parrot basically the same stupid narratives that have been parroted and disproven through practice for the last 10 years. Oh, it's volatile. It's like, what, what kind of a fucking argument is that from a so-called economics professor? So anyway, I, I, this sort of pissed me off. And I got a friend of mine who works for, for um, News Corp back in Australia. And he sent it to me. He's like, what do you think of this? And I was like, ah. So like I kind of, it started off as me writing it to him as a rebuttal. But then I thought, you know what, like maybe I can turn this into into an article. So like I'm going to pull up like the sections here so that we can kind of dig into them. But like, you know, I, I opened it with the, the Paul Krugman uh, meme, you know, which is by 2005 or so it will be it will, it will become clear that the instant impact on the economy has been no greater than the tax machine. So it's like when, when you have a paradigmatic shift, uh, which I think I mentioned in here is like when you have something so transform transformational that it 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 doesn't it neither recognizes nor needs the the legacy thing that it's disrupting. Like when it's a zero to one moment, having commentary from someone who is trained in the zero is completely irrelevant for the one. And and you know people like Paul Krugwoman are like p- perfect examples of you know. Intellectual yet idiots that include the Talibs of the world that that just don't get it that their commentary is completely irrelevant and it's like asking a fucking a mechanic what to do with heart surgery like you wouldn't do that but people still seem to read these you know dummies guides to cryptos by economics professors who are but most yeah and and again they have authority in the the fiat world and there's a lot of challenges to like whether anything they've said within the fiat world, you know, they, they have anything to show that that is legitimate, but 
despite that, you know, the majority of people are on fiat mindsets. You know, we we have looked into Bitcoin. We understand our third eye is open, if you will, to to what's happening in Bitcoin. But um, you know, it, it's reasonable to understand why they have clout. But that's why articles like yours need to happen. And again, why Bitcoin Magazine is kind of hosting uh, these articles. Um, in general, though, like let's dive into these topics. Like first, like in your in your definition, like what is Bitcoin, right? And like why is this thing something that's like it's intelligent? Bitcoin it, it solves problems. Yeah, it's it's better money. So so I think this this is why whenever I have to describe Bitcoin, and I mean we've been bashing on this for for years now, but it really needs to start with the discussion of money, and that that's where you capture people's. Uh, Basically, you, you discover whether they're whether they're missing things from understanding Bitcoin, or uh, whether you have a thread to pull on to help them understand it. So, you know, m- money is, and this is where, you know, I don't think enough people realize how important the idea of money is, and, and it sits in the class of things like physical laws of the universe, like the speed of light, or the second law of thermodynamics, or you know, gravity and things like that. M- Money represents literally time, energy, and scarce natural resources. That that's what it's supposed to represent, and it kind of it permeates existence. It's been with us from the beginning of time, and it will be with us until the end of time. The only thing that changes is the medium or the thing we use to represent money. So, so money is like this this fabric that exists irrespective of what we use to represent money, and you know whether we use promises whether we used um, drawings on a fucking cave wall, whether we use seashells or salt or metals or rocks or gold or whatever the fuck, paper, all of that stuff is an attempt to try and represent money. And the attempt, you know, attempt, like it uses an object or a medium that has some specific attributes. It's got to be divisible, portable, recognizable, fungible, divisible. And fundamentally importantly, scarce, so that it can perform three functions: store of value, medium of exchange, and a unit of account, like a way to measure other goods and services. That's money, game set match. So, so, so the, the role of an individual is to attempt to find something that has those attributes and performs those functions as best as possible. And the thing that does that best is the most perfect money and that's effectively what bitcoin is it is perfect money because it has all the per- the attributes perfectly and like the one attribute that it's so like perfect that nothing else has as perfectly is scarcity like there's there there is there is absolute perfect scarcity in bitcoin giving it the absolute perfect um ability to represent like store value and all the other things so that's like game set match. There is no reason to hold any other uh, means of representing the product of your labor other than the most perfect money, and that's it's here. So, so that's kind of like why I um I've, I've got a quote in here: like money is the technology that a sentient species uses to transmit information relating to energy, time, matter. So Bitcoin is a perfect money and monetary network. And, and I just, that's where the argument is. I really relate to this idea of like money is 
information uh, and not to refer, keep referring to other Bitcoin magazine articles, but one of my favorite articles of recent is Bitcoin Information Theory, BIT by Aaron Segal, mm -hmm. yep. where, you know, he breaks you down. You sent me that like, one. I thought that was great. Yeah, it, it's like Bitcoin is in it, like money is information and it's all about finding the money that has the least amount of uh, let's call it noise or uh, mm -hmm. what the word that he uses is entropy. So the least yeah. amount of entropy. So that's where the perfect scarcity comes into play is that there is no entropy with Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin mm -hmm. is your information, then you have perfect pricing information in theory. And, uh, you know, that's where, again, Bitcoin is intelligent. Bitcoin solves a problem. We've never had perfect pricing information before until we've had a perfectly scarce asset like Bitcoin that can't be cheated um, and can be verified by everyone that wants to. Yeah, it's it's the the fidelity of the money is extreme, or the fidelity of the medium that we use to represent money. So, so and that's why, like almost in a way, we have to separate uh, money, the 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 universal constant, uh, from money, the the thing that human beings use, right? Like, so so the thing that we use has to map to money as the universal constant and and i cannot imagine anything like you, you can't beat 10 out of 10 like bitcoin is 10 out of 10 portable it's 10 out of 10 divisible it's 10 out of 10 recognizable it's 10 out of 10 durable it's 10 out of 10 scarce like you can't have 11 out of fucking 10 not in this universe so like we're there we've got it all right, let's let's jump into like why are people attracted to it? You know, Bitcoin is the ten out of ten of money across the board. Um, let's talk about the, you know some of the points you made here. Well, yeah, so so the whatever Carmignoni or whatever the fuck his name is, um, you know, he 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 tried to make a case that you know people are interested in this shit because they want to trade and you know make money. I'm like, well, yeah, that that might be true for the fucking crypto retards who you know really don't understand anything like that they're there so that they can oh surprise surprise i made more us dollars congratulations bro you made more toilet paper like it, it's completely meaningless so, so in a way i was like hey you know he's accurate in making that assumption but people who understand money and who understand that bitcoin is perfect money are not into bitcoin to fucking trade like and and I think I said it somewhere in here, like in in the next question, like do you invest? And I kind of one does not invest in a superior form of money. Like that's that's not what you do with the best money. You know, like if you've got seashells, you don't swap back. Sorry, if you, if you've got gold, sorry, you don't swap back to seashells. You'd be a fucking idiot to do that. Like if you've got Zimbabwean dollars or whatever they're called or Venezuelan bolivars or, you know, some sort of colonis or pesos or something, you don't swap back to those after you end up with, um, you know, the US dollar. Like, it's, it's, it's a completely abhorrent uh, form of thinking. So, so this, this guy is just a classic, you know, fiat economist who, who just, again, stuck in the old paradigm of believing that the outcome here with Bitcoin is supposedly to make more dollars. No, no, no. The, the, the the outcome is to have more Bitcoin. That's the measure of the net worth. Like, and this also ties into what sometimes pisses me off about people talking about Bitcoin pricing. They're like, oh, you know, my net worth halved. I'm like, no, I fucking didn't. Like, did you lose half your Bitcoin? 
no, but the price went down by half. I'm like, well, your net worth's not halved, you dickhead. You're, you're, you have the same amount of Bitcoin. Like, hopefully, you've got more Bitcoin now. So that means technically your net worth should have increased. The, the, that's the only, like, so, so that is the only reason Bitcoiners are doing this, is like to increase the total amount of Bitcoin they have. And that's the game. And, um, and I think that's such a difference between, I mean, that, that's one of the clear differences between crypto. And Bitcoin is that you know the crypto people try to make dollars. We're trying to accumulate Bitcoin. I, I I agree that it's a completely different game. Like we're not playing the same game whatsoever. Um, and yeah, uh, the way I like to illustrate it is uh, there is the fiat mindset, which which is the majority mindset, and then there's the Bitcoin mindset. And money is an operating system. And most people that are into crypto are people who have been introduced to Bitcoin, but are still firmly in the fiat mindset. And it just takes yes. a while to get to bridge over. And that's why, yes, accumulating Bitcoin is the, out, is the outcome that Bitcoiners want and Bitcoiners are in it for that. But with that being said, that's not intuitive to the majority of people because the majority of people are still on the crypto mindset or still on the dollar mindset. And for them, they don't understand value your wealth in BTC versus value wealth mm. in dollars or value your wealth in your local fiat. I, I think in some ways that's, it's a narrative. I don't know. Do you agree that we need to start like working on transforming that narrative? Because like we, we've won the sort of narrative basically. Like that's now, now people think of Bitcoin as store value, right? Um, you know, is, is the next narrative like, because, Store value still presupposes in some way, shape, or form an investment. And I think that's like, you know, Bitcoin is still in the frame. Like when people think of Bitcoin, they think about investing in Bitcoin. Like, do you think we need to go on a crusade for, you know, outlining that Bitcoin is the um is the savings vehicle? It's you know, it's it's the thing. Like, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think so. I think Bitcoiners now need to recognize that. Like you said, we've won the store of value, we've won the inflationary, deflationary, magical investment hedge asset narrative that is, you know, that is on its own. It has full steam. Now we need to push back that the fiat system itself is inferior to Bitcoin and that adopting Bitcoin will make your life better. It will make you richer. It will make you freer. It will help you understand the world better. And it's going to help the people around you as well. And we need to just start. Move, moving that because the reality is is people need to change their mindset if they continue to be on a fiat mindset they're going to look around and governments are good governments are trying to protect me i want to be comfortable i want to be patriotic i want to obey and be a good person and the reality is, is they need to understand like no governments are stimulating the misallocation of capital that is destroying our planet polluting our world misallocating capital wasting and throwing away human capital and human productivity putting people into negative situations across the globe. Look across the globe. Across the globe, the fiat system is destroying humanity and Bitcoin is a solution. Shut up and get out, you know, get on the team or get out of the way, you know? And we need to just change our narrative completely to be offensive. Uh, and I love your article because it's like, it is in the offensive. It's saying, no, Bitcoin is intelligent. If you are intelligent and you have done your research, you understand that this is a novel solution. And it's not just this crypto crap. It's not just this speculative thing. Stop dismissing it and actually do some homework. Yeah, I think. Um, thank you. Um, I think the the even the original title, like the the dummies guide to crypto, 
I think much of society now has been theatized to the point where, you know, it's it's almost celebrated to be a dumbass. You know, it's 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 celebrated to be a lemming. Like it's celebrated to be a loser. It's celebrated to be fat. It's celebrated to be you know like a a, re- a recipient of the the participation award. It's it's so it's so fucking strange. And and I think that's probably one of my favorite thing about favorite things about the Bitcoin space is that it's it's almost like a a reignition of greatness in a sense like the desire to do something meaningful and great in life as opposed to this uh nihilistic attempt to do nothing and um <laughs> have nothing and be happy i mean it's 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 in the language everywhere just outside of bitcoin it's like it's wild anyway i want to jump into um, the next topic here is after gone, gone. do you invest as mining but i kind of want to jump into why is bitcoin valuable and that kind of ties into uh you know mm-hmm. some things that we've been chiming in on here but uh, again if you were to just speak to let's just call it a fiat minded skeptic why is bitcoin valuable mm-hmm. okay so i guess one way to think about this is that once again if you value the, the the time and effort that you put in to the work that you're doing or the service that you're providing or the product that you're producing, um, you want to be paid in something that can that you can use later down the track as you wish or that you can save for as long as you want. And as we sort of discussed uh, previously, like Bitcoin has a 10 out of 10 score on all the attributes of money and therefore performs the functions of money perfectly um so if we if we sort of start with that basis then we extend it out we start to think of okay um if that's the case if bitcoin is the best money um and i am now early to this so so we've got that piece going on and we then start to realize that money is like represents everything <laughs> like literally everything like the, the 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 couch that i'm sitting on the the earphones that you're the headphones that you're wearing the the work that we do the car that's driving out there all of the fucking buildings that i'm seeing outside of this window right now money represents everything and because bitcoin is perfect money and on a long enough time scale, everyone is going to use it. And we're just sort of early at the moment. Like I could think of, I could po- not possibly think of something that, you know, has more potential upside. Um, and, you know, the sort of the third point that I've written here is Bitcoin represent not only everything there is, but everything that there ever will be, at least on this planet, maybe in a solar system. But like that as a, um, you know, as an idea of valuable, it's like it's it's perfect money. On a long enough time scale, everyone's going to use it. Money is the biggest market, and it'll represent everything. Like being out of Bitcoin is fucking suicide for you, your family, your kin. Like it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do in life right now. And 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 actively trying to like not be in it just because you missed out at a hundred dollars or at a thousand dollars is you know the 
it's a form of death by your own ego. I don't know. It's, it's, it's insane. All right, let's take a quick break from that episode. I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. It is Bitcoin 2022 conference. I am sure you saw the videos. You may have been there in person. Bitcoin 2021 was an absolute smashing success. It was the biggest conference in Bitcoin history, crypto history, whatever history of the digital asset sphere. Bitcoin is number one and the Bitcoin 2021 conference is number one with a bullet. It was an absolutely incredible time. I was working my ass off the whole time, but I got to meet so many incredible community members. And I think the best testament to how amazing Bitcoin 2021 was, was not just all of the amazing, you know, accolades and uh, and compliments that I got personally and our team got, but also it's the skin in the game in Bitcoin 2022. We have already sold close to 1500 tickets. That is more than 10% of the people, everyone who went to Bitcoin 2021 have already purchased tickets to Bitcoin 2022. We have not released a date. We have not released a city. We have not released anything. That is the biggest compliment. That is the biggest skin in the game of the community being down for this conference. Bitcoin 2022 is going to be bigger than Bitcoin 2021. It is going to be better than Bitcoin 21 in every single way. And we are going to be bringing you the best opportunity to mingle with the biggest, the baddest, the most Bitcoin people on the planet. So join the revolution. Go to b.tc forward slash conference. Get your tickets today. I don't know what the ticket prices are. They are going up. I think they're $249 right now. We just rolled out fiat ticket uh, purchases. All the tickets purchased before today were all purchased in BTC. So get it, guys. Get it. Get this ticket. Be at Bitcoin 2022. See you there. Okay, I mean, I I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't know uh, if someone who's fiat minded would necessarily be ch- change their mind based on that because I think you you just kind of assume Bitcoin's success, but that is the upside, right? That's the potential upside, and that's what you are giving up. And what I would say is like, hey, you don't need that much allocated to Bitcoin to be a part of that uh, that outcome if Bitcoin does do that, right? Um, so, uh, I do agree, like, should you invest and why does Bitcoin have value? Well, has value because that's the potential to represent all of everything has about the potential to be money. And, you know, again, uh, you, the current paradigm is, is hurting you. And this has, is, is the potential to move you to a much more advantageous paradigm. Yeah. For, for a newbie, but, but I, I guess that's, um, I guess that that's a way to slowly get them in. I, I've been experimenting more with this kind of the the large message and like kind of like hitting them with a ton of bricks because like then then they're like, fuck, is this guy like absolutely fucking insane or could there be something uh, true there? And and I don't know. It's it's I've I've actually had some good good results with that because to an extent, someone feels almost like. Am I missing out on the biggest thing possible? Like, am I the idiot? Um, as opposed to the the more softly, softly narrative, which I've used for many years. You know, the, the, I mean, the whole reason I built Amber was to give people a way to start putting small amounts in. But now I'm like, no, no, no. Like, there's something way bigger here. And you're being stupid. So it's a little bit more abrupt. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll see over the coming months as I... As I hit people, I'm gonna have to A/B test that. 
I'm going to have to A-B test that. So should should I invest and what are the downsides, Alex? Uh, okay, well, the you, you should not invest. You should just move into Bitcoin because remember, one does not invest in a superior form of money. But um, yeah, the, the, the downsides, like I, I, I left this in there, but you know, fundamentally, there is no downsides. Like, you know, the, I wrote here, the only real downside that exists is being the one holding the equivalent of seashells while everyone else is using gold. Like, that's the only downside here. Like, the only possible downside for that, that exists is to not be in Bitcoin. I, I, and I mean, maybe prove me wrong. Like, is there a downside? Is there a potential downside in uh, a person coming into Bitcoin? I can't think of one. I mean, again, I I completely agree. There's there is no downside, but that's assuming the belief that Bitcoin will be global money on Earth. Um, and you know, we we believe that for very logical reasons, even scientific reasons, uh, that that will be the case. But um, you know, if you don't believe that, then I feel like you know, yeah, you may have to articulate uh, you know Bitcoin a little bit more. I, I guess maybe the only thread I could pull on there for someone is if they so, so maybe two parts to it is if they have an amount that they want to move in there, um, but they need a portion of that amount for expenses and they may need that in a short period of time, then yeah, maybe there's going to be downside because they have to swap back, right? Um, the other one would be if they put all of their dollars in, um, and again, you know, the risk being having to swap back to fiat for expenses. So that's the only potential downside I can see from a newbie. There, there is actually one downside that I can see um, for Bitcoiners, and this just clicked to me, is um, much like what happened uh, between the twenties, the nineteen twenties and the nineteen forties, uh, where Jews and anyone who protected them from protected themselves from inflation by buying uh, goods, uh, particularly things like gold, etc., were viewed as the enemy. I think probably the one downside for Bitcoiners, and it's going to be a dangerous downside, is being blamed for the unraveling of the social fabric. We're likely yep. going to be called the terrorists, um, the the economic terrorists, the financial terrorists. Um, we'll be called the anti-vax terrorists, the anti-lockdown terrorists, the naked face terrorists. So yeah, may, maybe the downside is actually the ridicule. That that that's probably the only real downside here is um is that you have to be someone not only with thick skin but who has a who has the capacity to persevere, and you know maybe maybe some of us along the way are going to get, you know, as my uncle used to say, bumped off um, in the process. But, hey. Um, well, I mean, it, it's difficult to know how life is going to go. And I feel like you always have to seek truth, right? And and live the best life you can, no matter what the, the potential downsides are there. Um, I, I would say that it is ironic that Bitcoiners will be vilified for taking down the system when one, the system was already breaking on its own. And mm-hmm. then two, we've been shouting at the top of our lungs incessantly and annoyingly that you should check out this Bitcoin thing. It yes. might be worth your time. And it is the the no coiners who are crying, but also, um, you know, will be the one who, uh, who are screaming bloody murder. 
And yeah, you're seeing it today across the world is the vilification of some outgroup that didn't follow what everyone else did. And now, you know, the Delta variant is the fault of the unvaccinated and every person that has the chance to get vaccinated at their own free will and hasn't is an evil person who wants to bestow coronavirus on everyone. So uh, things can turn. The mob can can get triggered relatively easily. And, uh, you know, if they can, uh, if they can, uh, you know, kind of draw an X on a specific small groups back and make them the villain, they will. So uh, thankfully, Bitcoiners are probably the most prepared people for that, like you said, and they just kind of naturally select for that. And, uh, you know, I hope that more and more people kind of learn about Bitcoin and enter into the Bitcoin paradigm so they can kind of see what's happening and, and exit and, and enter mm. a new system. You know, mm. do you think do you think it's in our favor to have um, a larger group of Bitcoiners so that like so so as a defense mechanism from this? Because I think it's inevitable, like as, as pessimistic as it sounds like, I think it's inevitable that we get blamed for everything. Right. We'll get blamed for global warming. We'll get blamed for fucking everything, for hackers, for cybercrime, for everything. Well, that's why so, we have so, to be on the offensive. It's the fiat that system that has done this. And we've been on fiat this whole time. Agreed. Agreed. So, so that's that's one defensive mechanism is we go on the offensive. Um, another defensive mechanism is do, do you think it helps to be a smaller, nimbler, more you know private group in the shadows, or do you think it makes more sense to be a larger, more public, visible group? Um, you know that both. Okay. And Bitcoin gets it all. That's the beautiful thing about decentralization is there's going to be the the compliance bros. There's going to be the lawyers that understand Bitcoin at heart. There's going to be the the Bitcoin holders within government. There's going to be the hardcore cypherpunks. There's going to be the sovereign individuals. There's going to be the mom and pop. There's going to be the peasant on the side of the road selling tacos. There's going to be everything and everything and everyone. And uh, that that's Bitcoin's greatest strategy. That's Bitcoin's greatest advantage. Uh, And yeah, I feel like my one pushback on Bitcoiners is that Bitcoiners see Bitcoin as one thing when really Mm. Bitcoin Mm. is everything to everyone and it can be anything to anyone. And there's no like there could be Bitcoin best practices, but Bitcoin is permissionless to use correctly or incorrectly. So like you cannot stop someone from using Bitcoin, no matter if you disagree or, or agree with how they are using it. Um, so just open your mind. You don't know what's best for Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's just going to keep seeping into humanity. I Yep. I would 100% agree with that. Um, yeah, the, the, there's a whole discussion around like the emerging consensus piece there, but that's that's a that's an hour discussion. So we'll say that for a future, for a future yes. round. Absolutely. Well, hey, Alex, I love this conversation. I love this article. I'm so excited for more articles from you on Bitcoin Magazine and everywhere else where you're publishing your thoughts. I know that we are going to be hosting you on Bitcoin Magazine as well as Alan Farrington doing some more Twitter spaces. We're really trying to lean into Twitter spaces. So excited to get you guys on stage there and having a really awesome conversation. Um, but for, until then, Alex, why don't you uh, you know take the mic again? What are your last words? Where can people find you? What should the Bitcoiners out there be looking out for? Yeah, I think... Last words is I think I hope this piece uh, helps people uh, when they get like you know the the, the classic fud from whether it's, I hope it'll become a good resource like something that people can point to. Um, I think 
you know, what one of the key takeaways that I seem to see on Twitter that got retweeted a lot was the idea of, you know, one does not simply invest in a superior form of money. Um, so so I, I hope that people take that away and we start to really transform the narrative towards Bitcoin's not an investment. Bitcoin is the the outcome. Like Bitcoin is where you want to land. So I hope that's a, a strong thread that um, that people begin to put on uh, pull pull on. Um, I'll also mention that the next piece that I will publish will be Chapter Three of the Jordan Peterson series. Um, it's going to be called Bitcoin Bitcoiners and Citadels. Um, so uh, Jordan's third chapter is uh, it's kind of a line of um. Oh man, I can't remember what the the headline of his chapter was, but it, it was about how he oh, find people who want the best for you. That that's kind of the the idea, and and I felt like that was such a strong theme around what Bitcoiners want. Is that you know we genuinely want the best for ourselves, but when we go around telling other people to buy Bitcoin, we don't get a direct benefit from it. Not like some fucking shitcoiner who's trying to you know sell you their shitcoin. You know who who you are the the lemming that is buying it and they're selling it to you. Like Bitcoiners are out there wanting the best for everyone, but fundamentally still wanting the best for themselves. So it's like, it's such a, I don't know, that that for me is really powerful. So, so that'll hopefully come out in the next week or two um, once I get it finished. And yeah, if people want to keep an eye out on Amber uh, being the US very, very shortly, starting to do some tests now. If they're interested, DM me on Twitter at GhostLesvetsky um, until I figure out a way to get my uh, original account back. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my final thoughts at this point. Fantastic. Well, again, I think that one does not invest in superior money. That is one of the most memeable aspects of this fantastic article. So I'm glad that it's getting memed and I totally agree with that framing and I will, I will use that framing. It's extremely, extremely powerful. Uh, to the Bitcoiners out there, keep an eye out for Alex putting out great work on Bitcoin magazine, great work everywhere where he is putting out work. Keep an eye out for the Amber app. Uh, as he continues to spread and make Amber more decentralized across more jurisdictions uh, and continues to move the sovereign individual lifestyle forward. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for joining the show. Y'all can follow me at CK underscore Snarks. You can follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine. Five-star reviews, share the show. You know the drill. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, brother. Thanks, everyone. A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.